Hello, and welcome to a very special Christmas edition of Irreverent Testimony. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. And due to the popularity of last year's Die Hard movie commentary, <laughs> we're doing another Christmas movie commentary. Because why not? The 1988 Bill Murray feature Scrooged. Yes. The Christmas Carol comedy. Charles Dickens. Yeah. Ghost of Christmas Past, Present, Future story about how capitalism is terrible and you should treat your employees better. <laughs> that is ultimately the theme, right? Yes. Um, there's a lot of themes, obviously. I mean, it's the Mostly classic. Mostly capitalism is terrible. It, yeah. So I, I was going to say this is the modern retelling <laughs> of A Christmas Carol, but mm-hmm. starting 1988 was sort of a different world. But I, I guess it holds up in most respects. Right? Do you know what's crazy is that's 31 years ago. I, I know. That's and, fucking nuts. And I have a story for you about the first time I, I saw this movie. Yeah, we have lots of stories. Um, yeah, okay. I love the opening of this movie, by the way. I think it's brilliant. So we're watching it now. Um, you should start it at the beginning of this podcast, and it's like Santa's um, workshop. Well, they're they're watching, so they, they know what they're <clears throat> right? looking at. But I, I love that they just do this sort of cold open with this. Uh, it, it, it winds up being a movie trailer, sort of, but yeah. it, it's just sort of the beginning of a... An action movie at the North Pole, <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. And there's a punk rock girl there, punk rock elf girl. In so long. Um, it's great. It just it really like sets the tone that this is going to be a wacky comedy, and yes. it and it is. Um, yes. This Based is, on Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. This is uh, Bill Murray's first feature film where he is the undisputed star, right? Like Caddyshack, right. he was just a character. Right. Ghostbusters, he was in an ensemble cast with a bunch of guys, even though he kind of stole the show. And this, then this is his first movie after Ghostbusters, from what I understand. Um, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, and he was ready to quit film being an actor. He was like in Paris eating croissants and, <laughs> you know, wearing Can a chapeau him? and... <laughs> He was like, ah, I'm done with movies, fuck it. And then he, he loved the script, so he decided to do the movie. Yes. The Night the Reindeer Died. Yeah, with Lee Majors. Um, that's, and there's a good old Robert Goulet, who's who... I saw live. I saw Robert Goulet on stage. I don't live. know who he is, baby. He's that guy. He... Yeah, I don't... I don't... Great. You're making me feel old right away. Sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know who that he's is. He's like a famous crooner, lounge singer type. He's, um, yeah. But he's, he's not done Broadway. Like, and... well, you know, I grew up with like classic rock, so like I, I'm not expected to know that guy. Okay. Anyway, so now it's just like commercials, right? Yeah, we don't have to do play-by-play of the movie because they're watching along with us. Right. I'm just saying that it's commercials because... Bill Murray's character is in charge of a television network. Right. Right? The, the fictional IBC uh, television network. And, um, you know, he's he's so good in this, but yeah. he, apparently he hates most of the way it turned out. Yeah. Him and Richard Donner, Richard Donner of The Goonies and The Lethal Weapon. Um, he lo- Bill Murray loved the script and hated the way most of it. Yeah, they had was... like apparently a lot of conflict. Yeah, uh, Bill Murray now is notoriously kind of difficult to work with. Um, he he, even though he likes scripts, he just riffs and ad libs most of the time. <laughs> um, and yeah. you know he d- he does butt heads with directors and producers, and he's really willful and wants to get his way. And you know that's kind of his style. I don't know what to say about that. 
Other than like, but is he right? Um, probably most of the time, you know. Like, his movies are pretty great. <laughs> yeah, no, his <laughs> no? his brilliance comes from a lot of uh, well, you know. He started out like an improv, right? Yeah, yeah, he was an improv guy, so, with a Saturday Night Live guy. So right. that's kind of his, his. Like that's kind of why we love him. Yeah. So, um, sorry. I loved this movie. I loved up. this movie growing up. And my, my story about, um, the first time I saw this movie, cause I was just having a conversation with somebody today about, uh, my parents split. And the first thing they did for like the first year when with all the people they dated, especially my dad, was to introduce us right away, which is so weird. I I don't know if that was an 80s thing. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. 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 It was. (laughs) I think it was the thing like you you read in the book, like, okay, you're you're getting a divorce and you have kids. What should you do? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, you introduce them. But like, anyway, it was one of my early because this was like pretty soon after my folks split and I remember my dad was doing something at school with like a play he was directing or like a Christmas review show. And then afterwards my sister and I were going to meet this woman he was dating and their kid and all go see Scrooged and then go out to dinner. Oh, And we did. And it was really nice. And I remember that this lady was really nice and their kids seemed really nice. And I never saw her again. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. (laughs) They had their weekend and that was it. And that was, that was like life then, like, especially with my dad. I think like usually if my mom would introduce to someone, we might see him another couple times, but like my dad, it was a revolving door. And at a certain point, my sister and I like, why, why is he doing this? Like, I don't need to meet them. I don't. I don't care. Yeah. I don't want to even. But I remember she was one of the nice ones. Yeah. Uh, she was a super nice lady. And it's your not, memory of watching Scrooge in the theater with your dad's sort of girlfriend. With my and dad and my sister and my dad, whoever my dad was stooping at the time and her kid. And, um, yeah. It's, so how old would you have been? 1988, you would have been. Uh, I was young. 11 turning 12. Yeah. 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 Did this come out in 87 or 88? Well, according to... I think it came out in 88, so I think I was 12. Streaming show, it was 1894. (laughs) Yeah. But I think I I was 12, so I think I was in sixth grade. That sounds about right. Fifth or sixth grade, yeah. I, I don't remember the first time I watched this movie, but I remember that my mom liked it a lot. She was very, like, into this movie. Like, it tickled her. Especially the like Carol Kane scenes were like her very favorite, um, and she just really liked it a lot. And I, so, I was just asking her about it. What, what do you think of Bobcat Goldthwait? I the, love him the most. Yeah, he's great, right? He's wonderful. You ever seen his stand-up stuff? <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and then he did that film um, a couple years ago, right? Where like. It's sort of like falling down, but like, mm-hmm. right? I didn't. I didn't actually see it. But oh, I heard, it's really good. I heard he was really good. It's in really it. good. Yeah. And he like directed it and wrote it, and it's really, really good. It's so great. it's funny. Like I was in in school. He was you know really popular, and the kids would talk about him because he was everywhere. But they didn't get that his it was his whole acts, this whole weird cadence. And, yeah. Um, and they're like, no, no, no. He he he's like that because it's really sad. 
because his older brother growing up made him do a lot of drugs. <laughs> that's why he's like that. That's what there's the urban legend among the kids. I don't think that's true no, at it's, all. No, it's not true at no. all. No. I was, don't think that's true at all. It's part of the, like, Nancy Reagan probably started yeah, that yeah, one, yeah. you know? Right, like, right, right. No, he was he was a sort of fixture uh, for 80s and 90s kids, Bobcat Goldthwaite. Um, yeah, he was in, like, the Police Academy movies, yeah. and he was... He was sort of, of always like the butt of the joke, but mm-hmm. I always kind of liked him. Yeah. Um, and then I love that like this is his secretary, right? Mm-hmm. Is like this black woman who's got like puts up with his bullshit, but also has like a pretty complicated home life. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't give a shit about that, nor does he even know about it. And <clears throat> I think it's an interesting uh, thing they did back in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Um, they could have just made her like just a standard secretary lady, but yeah, um, you know, they made a different choice, and I think it was right. Yeah. Right, like he's like ripping down her things, and like he's just a piece of shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I was gonna say something, and I don't remember what it was now about Bobcat Goldthwait. Uh, other than that, I just sort of think he's tremendous, and he's really great in this movie. Um, this is a scene coming up here. He's, you know, talking about all the gifts. It's either a towel or a VCR. So Mm -hmm. talk about being dated. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I would argue that like, even in the late 80s, making her order them and it's two choices is pretty relevant currently for lawyers and their secretaries and the gifts they give. Mm -hmm. I would say. Anyway. Go ahead. No, uh, even in the late '80s, you know, I think DVD player. Well, no, DVDs no. didn't come out to like the mid no. '90s. Yeah, I guess. No. So it would have been a VCR would have been like a nice gift, and then a towel is like shit, right? Yeah. So like, if I like you, it's a VCR. If I don't care about you, it's a towel. Well, yeah, obviously, but the point is, like, I think even late in the game. Uh, I guess a VCR is still considered a fancy, important thing in the, in the late 80s. Yes. I guess, yeah, I'm thinking in the early 90s, I, I bought a VCR at a certain point. Like oh, nice I had one. a VCR up until, like, yeah. Yeah, nice. For a while. Nice stereo VCRs, because that was the big thing to get the audio and stereo. They were like 400 bucks, which is crazy to think about now, right? Yes. You get Blu-ray players for 30 Yeah. And... You know, 30 years ago, in 1988 dollars, a fancy VCR was $400. That's like $1,000 now. Yeah. It's crazy. And then TVs, of course, were crazy expensive, too. Yeah. And now you can, can't give them away. Right. Um, so here we're getting into capitalism. I wanted to say something first, though, before we get into why this is the best movie. Mm-hmm. Um, is It's kind of meta, right? So... He's the like head of this content division of this TV network, mm-hmm. and he's doing Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. and then like the movie is also he is right doing the Christmas Carol. That's the movie, so I think that that like is kind of brilliant, right? Like this is a play on a Christmas Carol, but 
part of the plot of the story is that his character's TV network is doing a live play on Christmas Day of right. a Christmas right. Carol. Right, I, I always thought right? that was brilliant. Right, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of fucking brilliant. And then you can you work all of this wonderful stuff in there, like the, the Ghost of Christmas Future, we'll get into that, but yeah, it's brilliant. It's, yeah. it's a great script. It really is. And I'd love to see the Bill Murray cut, what he thought would have been better. Yeah, <laughs> I was reading some trivia and they were just saying like, there's so much stuff got left on the editing room floor and like so mm-hmm. much good stuff stuff got left out and like yeah. he's super upset about it and like him and Richard Donner as we've said had a really bad working relationship but like yeah about 10 years ago they they were gonna do like a director's cut or a different cut and it never happened they were gonna release one but never happened anyway it, it is really kind of brilliant like the idea that like that's that we're doing like a, a multi like it's it's meta I love that he's pitching uh tv programming for cats and dogs I know. which is now a thing yes <laughs> is now absolutely a thing so, you were telling me earlier Robert that Robert was ahead of his time here. That there's literally like channels on streaming things that are oh, yeah. just for dogs and cats. <laughs> yeah, there there have been for a few years. There's now. a This American Life about that. Right? Yeah, Where yeah. It's just like squirrels and birds and sounds and things for cats to sure, watch. Sure, why not? I, I mean, mean, people will do anything for their cats and dogs. Why not? We are among those people. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think we would buy programming for them? I think they're fine with like MSNBC. Probably not, but you do leave the TV on for them all day when we're not here. Sure, but I don't like buy a program for them. No. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's great. I forget his name, but he's he's Mr. Clamp in Gremlins 2. Uh, Gremlins 1 was the one we almost decided to do, but Red Letter Media already has that covered. If you want to see a good commentary on that Christmas movie. Um but I don't think anybody has done this for Scrooged. I mean, I'm sure I'm somebody sure has. Someone has. <laughs> the internet exists. I'm sure someone yeah. has. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Um, and they're in New York, right? Mm-hmm. So that guy that we just saw is the LA the guy. The LA guy. Yeah. yeah. He's in the restaurant. Such a stereotype. And he's like, I don't like, want carbs. Give me the yeah, yeah, yeah. California plate or whatever he says. Avocados, toast, and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> This yep. is like working in big law is what we're watching right now. Yeah. Right. Apparently, this is, I think, what frustrated Bill Murray is Richard Donner kept wanting him to, to sort of shout and be over the top. And like Bill Murray's funniest when he's dry and underplaying everything. Mm-hmm. Like think about Ghostbusters. Right. All the wacky stuff he does. That's Bill Murray's actual brother, by the way. There. Yeah. The, all, like three of his they brothers all, are in this film. Yeah. They that's all get crazy. together, which is cool. Anyway, um, Bill Murray in Ghostbusters, he never really shouts. No. He never raises his voice. Bankman is just like there he's, and talks. He's a, he's a sarcastic, and, yeah. dry. There's Miles Davis, by the way, for real. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty Miles cool. Miles Davis is in this movie. Which is fucking <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, he brings died me to a couple days My Lyft driver, by the way. I went to this um, holiday lunch yesterday, um, kind of on a whim. And our Lyft driver, we had six of us, so we had to take like an XL Lyft. Mm-hmm. And our Lyft driver is from the south side of Chicago, black guy, mm-hmm. um, and old, and uh, was talking about how um, he lived next door to people who had visitors such as Miles Davis and Ella Fitzgerald and like all of these crazy like jazz legends, mm-hmm. and they would just like play in the streets. And <laughs> it's fucking... Like twenty six year old white girl was like, 
oh, I worked in the south side of Chicago. And he was like, oh, what streets? And she named them. And he was like, honey, that's southwest. She was like, same. And he was like, it is not the same. No, it is not it the is same. It is not the same. Yeah. Um, but he was telling stories about how, like, Ella would call him over and be like, come here, honey. And uh, he'd come over and she'd be like, I need you to run to the liquor store. Mm-hmm. And he's like 10, right? But, like, back in the day, you could totally run to the liquor store for Ella at 10 years old and buy whatever you wanted. My grandmother has similar stories. Uh, <laughs> not with jazz legends, but with her own family. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was like, I wouldn't like download his brain into my brain because that's fucking incredible. Yeah. Anyway, Miles Davis is in this movie and that's awesome. For a brief moment, we just saw it and that's I think it. that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he comes back. No. Yeah. So... Um, this looks like the one of the warmer Christmases in New York, right? <laughs> it was probably shot in the summer, or the or um, yeah, 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 yeah. There, there's a bunch of rainwater on the ground. That right? That would not be the case no. around Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor guy. He has a hard day. So, love those old eighty style cabs. Yeah. Here's a five. So, um, yeah, so I was back to what I was saying. Like, I'm pretty sure that's why Bill Murray was really frustrated with Richard Donner. Richard Donner just wanted him to be over the top and loud, and that's not what Bill Murray does. No, it's not when he's the best. No, he's he's best when he's dry and underplayed and sarcastic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in this movie, he does a lot of shouting. Now, it works because he's still funny. But, right, but yeah. he hates it. Yeah. But he, he hates this movie. I have been down that very staircase. I believe that's 45 uh, Courthouse Street Station. That is Long Island City, Brooklyn. And it looks exactly the same as when I saw it a few years ago. <laughs> really hasn't changed. Um, yeah, I mean, that is the, this is the perfect part of town to film. And it looks like they did not build a set. They just filmed that right on location there. That's probably true. Oh, it, yeah, I'm sure it's true. Yeah. Um, in back then, it really would have been a janky part of town. Um, I mean, New York in the '80s was <laughs> a little wild. We've talked about that. Well, we haven't talked about it on the podcast. If you want to, I think we have. Okay. Maybe because of Giuliani. Um, oh my God! We you can know, get into a, a different for better time. and mostly worse. <laughs> <laughs> Mayor Rudy cleaned up New York in 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 you know in ways that are mostly bad. But like, yeah, New York was gentrified. It yes, yeah, and, and corporatized a it. lot of black people yeah. and put them in jail. Yeah. All right, so we're getting into the ghosts of Christmas now, and uh, this is this is the fun part. He has a gun in his desk. Why does he have a gun in his desk? <laughs> a gun and a bottle of vodka. I like that because it, what it insinuates is like he's pissed so many people off and fired so many people that anytime a disgruntled former employee or someone whose life he ruined could come, you know, right. get past security, could come try to kill him. Right. So it makes sense. Right. Okay. So the ghost of, of Christmas past is like his old mentors. No, right? no, that's Jacob Marley. I mean, he's called Lou something in this, but this is Jacob But it's his Marley. old mentor. That's the idea, yes. right? It's like, this is the person who like brought him up in the Did world. you forget A Christmas Carol? Maybe. I never read A Christmas Carol. <laughs> but you've seen it. I've seen Scrooged. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you not familiar with 
A Christmas Carol? Everyone's familiar with A Christmas Carol. Okay, there's, there's Jacob Marley, and then he tells him about the three ghosts, and then the oh, okay. three I've ghosts never come. actually... Have you seen the 1951 no. Alistair, uh, what's his name, version no. of A Christmas Carol? That's really good. No. And I've never read the Dickens Christmas Carol okay. either. So this is my version of A Christmas Carol <laughs> Scrooge. I'm being honest. Okay. I'm being honest. This is my version. I know, like, I, it's in the, the culture. It's in the, like periphery everybody knows right the story but this is my version of it is scrooged okay well it, it follows it more or less right yeah this is his like and, golf buddy but in, no, in, in, in a christmas mentor. carol it's his old business partner not his right. mentor right they may get his, his mentor for this but because it was scrooge and marley they had their accounting firm or whatever right. it was right and marley was a greedy son of a bitch just like him Right. And, and he died because he was not older, but well, he wasn't probably, his mentor. He was just like his business partner. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then he comes in with all these chains and says, this awaits you if you don't change your ways. All right. <laughs> Russian vodka poisoned by Chernobyl. It's <laughs> a good line. Because Chernobyl was in 1988. I mean, that was like a year and a half old. Right. So it was very, it was a current joke. It was a current joke. Yeah. Be like if we were joking about Trump in a movie today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think Trump even comes up in this movie. He's such a paid New York for the fixture. Women, he says. <laughs> Lou, you paid Jeffrey for the women. Epstein. Great, great. Yeah. I, I really, I would like to know if Bill Murray had lived the Chernobyl line. I could see him doing that. Totally, right? Yeah. Nobody else wrote that line. <laughs> it's possible. It's a good right. line either way. Yeah. It's good makeup. Really good makeup, right? That's yeah. a really good point. And they like had the mouse crawling back into his head and yeah. like yeah. it's better than some of the makeup that I see well, now or the CGI that No, I yeah, see now now like, nowadays this would be stupid CGI, right? <laughs> but it's it's way better than that. Speaking like, of which, uh, I really hate to break this to you, but they're remaking this movie. No, they're not. Starring Do not say that sentence to me. Kevin Hart. A, what? Yeah. Are you saying? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why do they... There doesn't need to be a new Scrooge. This one is great. It's yeah. just fine. I know. They're going to make a quick buck and no one will... And they'll, people will forget about it in... A week and that's I know nobody cares about do. Point Break but they remade that and I was super upset and I didn't no, watch yeah, it because I, I, I really loved that I was movie. talking with a co-worker today just going down the list of all the remakes that no one watched and no one cares about and everybody forgot about like Poltergeist and I didn't watch that one Total Recall didn't watch that Point Break nope. Red Dawn yep didn't watch any of them yeah they were really great films in their own right that like I don't need to see a new version of yeah like even Point Break, which I know you don't care about, but I really loved that movie when I was growing up. No, yeah, it's a fine movie. It's a very silly movie, but it's a fine movie. I love that movie. Okay, so we need to talk about Claire. Claire, played by Karen Allen. Uh, yes, who, who was also... Marion Ravenswood from Lois Raiders of the Lost Ark. And oh, is that no, what no, it no, was? No, 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 Margot Kidder was Lois Margot, okay, so she was yeah. from... Raiders of the Lost. Raiders of the Lost. Okay, yeah. I knew it was one of those. I couldn't remember. Which and she's one. also been in. She she did a lot of stuff, but the only like big big time movies she made were probably 
this and Raiders of the Lost Ark, maybe one or two others. She did smaller character-driven stuff. She was actually, uh, I know we're not seeing her yet, but she was actually in a great movie in the 80s that is way under the radar. I think it was by Brian De Palma called uh, The Wanderers. Hmm. And it was about 19, growing up in 1960s Brooklyn and everybody has to be in a gang to survive, but it's kind of like a comedy and it's, uh, hmm. but it's also kind of dark and intense. Um, like there's all the gangs and like the high school kids and gangs. And then there's like this group of Catholic kids in the Bronx that actually like murder people. <laughs> and it's, it's a really good movie. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen this film. I've it's, it's, never seen it. We should got, watch it. You, we should absolutely watch it. You would really <laughs> like it. It's really well done. Um, so yeah, this is their, their little, uh, their apartment in Long Island city. Uh, which is in Brooklyn, and yeah, and that would make sense, right? She takes the train into Manhattan yeah. because she can't afford to live in Manhattan. Obviously, yeah. Um, Her kid is like, a, you know, <clears throat> doesn't speak with the guilt mute back then. Yeah, he didn't speak because his dad died. Is that what happened? Like <laughs> yeah, after some his dad kind of died, trauma. I think that's speak. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in the original Charles Dickens play, he has like polio or something. Is that right? Tiny Tim? Yeah. Um, Yes, when Dickens wrote it, like, I don't think they called it polio or knew it was polio, but yeah, he had something. Yeah, like, made him, like, have, like, crutches and he couldn't mm-hmm. walk right and also didn't talk, but, um. Yeah, he I, may have had polio. Yeah, I guess we'll wait to talk about the love interest as as she were. Yes. Until she appears on screen. Mm-hmm. Um. And here it just implies he's banging his secretary or his underlayer. I don't think it does yeah it does does it yes okay i don't know (laughs) all right um yes because it's supposed to show he has these very superficial relationships with women yes you know right yeah right but it also i think does a really interesting thing about advertising Mm -hmm. and like they're doing this big production right of a christmas carol but it's not because they want to tell the story of a Christmas carol. It's because it's all about advertising. It's all about how does the media corporation make a buck? Mm-hmm. And that is a still relevant question today. <laughs> and yeah. they they do it in this way that's like over the top and hilarious. I and loved this, this scene as a kid. Uh, not only because you can slightly see her nipples, but it's like, uh, <laughs> you can hardly see them nipples. <laughs> See, yeah. these guys are really looking. Yeah, he outlived that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's an important story, right? Like, the content really doesn't matter. What matters, and, and so then also you get to, like, this lady, right? Mm-hmm. So the censor. She gets beat up. She gets consistently assaulted throughout this film because she's not pretty. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Claire. Classic trope. Claire is his old love interest from when he was a good person and not an ad man. Yeah, and that's and she's just the over the top. She works at a homeless shelter. She works at a homeless shelter. Like, that's what I was saying to my mom. Sunshine, right? And, like I was saying to my mom, like, um, we'll get to Carol Kane later. But I was saying to her, like, I think that, like, you know, Claire's sort of message was the thing that I took away from this the most. Mm-hmm. Um, which <laughs> my mom was like, "Of course you did." <laughs> Well, in A Christmas Carol, there's no living love interest. He just laments uh, turning away his former love interest when he was a younger man. Mm. So, But she is good and kind and wonderful mm-hmm. and lovely. Um, 
And he left her because she was those things, right? Uh, no, he, he, he left her because he, he didn't really care about the relationship anymore and he just wanted to further his career. It's, it's a specific incident with a dinner party with their friends and that's yeah. the last straw for her. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, a modern modern retelling. Right. They, they do a pretty good job of, of that transference. And, um... It, it's hard because, like, I relate to Claire the most in this whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love her the most. Yeah, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't have bothered if your ex-boyfriend turned into, a, like, a Oh, my God, if you become a fucking... Sociopath. No, no. And I wouldn't come back and call you lumpy. <laughs> I would just be like, he became a fucking monster. <laughs> and an ad man. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't care about anyone. And he's cruel. And he wants to hurt mice. So, like, no. But that's not the story. Because she's not actually important. Because this is the 80s. And so she Well, they, is, ramp, they ramp that up. Like, Scrooge... She's put into this film to further his character arc as a man. Right. Scrooge in A Christmas Carol is more just cheap. Not necessarily right. cruel. Right. <laughs> but, but they had to go over the top a little bit more with, I think, with this guy. I mean... Being cheap back then was also being cruel with yes, having no social Sure, yeah. And are there no jails nets? and no workhouses? <laughs> right. right. Having zero safety nets back in well, it, it, day. Well, it's a very, Scrooge is a very much a modern conservative, right? Like if yes. you didn't pull yourselves up by your bootstraps, you know, why should I help you? Right. Why do you care? And why right. do you, yeah. Yeah, conservatives watch Christmas Carol and say they love it. So <laughs> you know, they don't Explain that it. to me. I don't know. I don't know. They should really identify with, with Scrooge more. They, Yeah. I mean, don't, isn't that why they like it? I, I, but ultimately his big arc is self-preservation, right? Like yes. basically the, the, the ghosts say you're going to die alone and no one's going to give a shit because right. you were a cheap bastard. Right. And then he, and, you know, he's like, well, I don't want to die. I don't want to do that. So I guess I'll become better so that I don't die alone. Yeah. Right. And, and you only see at the end of that story, you know, like the, the hour after he wakes up, like could have gone back to his way. But, you know, I guess that's not necessary. You're assuming he completely turned a new leaf and became right. a better person. I mean, in the original Dickens story, he does pay his workers more, right? Uh, well, he specifically goes to see his assistant, Bob Cratchit, who and his family. Tiny oh, so, Tim. so his assistant in the original story is a white dude? Yeah, Grace. Not a black lady? Okay. Well, <laughs> no, it's eight, 19th century England. <laughs> so, uh, so men were assistants to other men? That's interesting. Well, yeah. It doesn't well, work Women really weren't well. even working, really, unless it was, you know, in a garment factory or something. And, um, yeah, so Grace's character in this is Bob Cratchit in, uh, a Christmas Carol, and in A Christmas Carol, you know, Tiny Tim has a physical ailment, and yeah. and this one, her her son, is mute, and, which they take to a weird right. extreme. It's emotional trauma. He winds up in a padded room because he won't speak, which <laughs> never made sense to me, yeah. but they had to make that really dramatic for the Ghost of Christmas feature. Like, yeah, that doesn't really make sense. No. But anyway... No cell phones. Look, he's got a he's got a talk yeah, on a portable he's, he's phone with a cord. On a portable phone, and his poor secretary is like <sighs> being what? made to tell the media something horrible, and she just does it because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And like working for powerful men who suck is an awful thing that I've had to do in my life, and I don't recommend it. Yeah, yeah. 
No, that's really it's it's spot on that they made that that character a woman. Yeah, a black woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Robert Mitchum's awesome. <laughs> All right, can we take a quick break? Uh, no, it uh, doesn't really work. Okay. Well, I have to pee. Okay. So I'll, I'll be right I'll, back. I'll hold down the fort. <laughs> Sounds good. Read some trivia or something. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, this scene is one of my favorites. And, God, I'm really going to go crazy here if I can't remember the actor's name who plays the L.A. slimeball guy who is supposed to uh, work with Bill Murray on the big Christmas Eve extravaganza live Christmas Carol. Which, by the way, (laughs) that was a thing presented in this movie that's supposed to be crazy, and now, like, big live performances are kind of the norm. Um, I don't remember the last one, but they, they recently did live Jesus Christ Superstar, and they did live... Um... Oh, last Rachel, she'll remember all the all the live stuff they've been doing on TV lately, which I haven't really watched any of it. Um, but I mean, live TV is hard, and live TV big with big musical numbers and multiple sets is. I guess I should watch them because that's pretty impressive, and apparently they've been pretty good, and they've been pulling them off. Uh, without major hitches. I heard Jesus Christ Superstar was really good, and it's like my favorite musical ever, mostly for the music, and I haven't watched it, which is strange. But it's just funny how in this movie, it's supposed to be pretty... I guess it's crazy because everybody's working on Christmas Eve, but this big live network performance of this big musical thing, and now it's something we're doing. So this movie predicted some things. It predicted... Uh, live programming for pets and it predicted big live uh, musical events aired live on a network and uh, so there you go Um, and again practical effects there's a rubber eyeball in a glass of water it's not some weird CGI bullshit and Needless to say, I'm not going to watch the Kevin Hart remake of this movie. I would imagine that um, it's going to be like... Kevin Hart's probably going to be like a rap mogul or something. He's going to own a record label, and, and he's going to be really awful to his the people on his label. And Oh, God, it's just going to be terrible. Uh, and I'm not going to watch it, and it'll be in and out of the theaters in a week, and no one will give a shit about it. That's the thing about these reboots. Nobody remembers the stupid reboots. Um, but, you know, don't get me started on that, as they say. Uh, this is this is great with the waiter on fire. <laughs> and, uh, you know, later on when he splashes him with water, he says, um, I thought for a second you were Richard Pryor. That, of course, is a reference to Richard Pryor, in real life, managed to set himself on fire in L.A. while freebasing cocaine. This is one of the urban legends that was actually true. Um, and then ran down the street in a in a cocaine-high panic and suffered, I think, second-degree burns. Um, you know, obviously he survived. 
but yeah, Richard Pryor actually did set himself on fire and run down the street of L.A. And apparently Bill Murray slipping there was not scripted. <laughs> they kept it in because his shoes were wet. Um, and Richard Pryor would talk about that in his act. He would um, talk about, I think, how his polyester suit was really flammable or something. But Anyway, yeah. That's Can a I real... chime in on that? Yeah, please do. That's one of those, like, sort of acts of cruelty that I think society did to someone like Richard Pryor. Like, he, he's able to sort of make gallows jokes about his own struggle, uh-huh. but um, everyone else commenting on it and making it into a big joke is, like, really cruel. Well, I... Like, I, he the, was in... The fact that he survived so relatively unscathed, I think, gives a little bit of license to that. Um, I don't... Yeah. Well, I think he was an addict and he had well, a clearly. traumatic thing happen to him as a result of that and sort of making fun of him and making light of it is uh, cruel in a way that I think that we haven't really reckoned with in much the same way that we talk about like Anna Nicole Smith is just like some drug addicted bimbo who like married a rich guy and like you know we just we just aren't very kind to people who have problems in the public eye I think that's fair now we get introduced to the Ghost of Christmas Past, played by David Johansson, who Tell me was about him. he well he was a founding member of the iconic band, the New York Dolls. Uh, one of is the, that true? That is absolutely. I true. didn't know that. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, that that there's no mistaking that face, and the New York Dolls, of course, are famous <laughs> because they were an early rock band who went in drag. Um, yeah, they did it just as sort of a gimmick to shock people and to you know, um, they weren't really trans or anything. They they just decided to perform in drag, perform very hard rock uh, at the time. It was pretty loud and aggressive. Um, okay, and yeah, then he when the dolls broke up sometime in the seventies, he got into acting and he went under the screen name. And musical name of Buster Poindexter. And he actually had a big hit song around this time covering uh, an old Jamaican song, um, which was kind of obnoxious because they played it everywhere. But yeah, founding lead singer of the New York Dolls. Wow. Sorry, I didn't know that. Yep. Okay, so we're at the... What is your childhood trauma? And why does that make you an angry asshole capitalist, right? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're getting that. And dad was distant and cruel and... Poverty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, this is, yeah, sort of lower middle class than poverty, I would say, but... Right, I mean, like, your Christmas present is that you get, like, a cut of meat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, Which is more than... Some kids get, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So, looking at, like, a banker capitalist who came from nothing is a thing. And a, a cold, distant father, and now he's a cold, distant asshole. Like, therapy is really helpful. <laughs> you, right? you're taking, and he loved television. You're taking and, elements of this movie way more seriously than I ever did. 
Well, I mean, he loved television because that was the thing that like no, I'm took just, him I'm, I'm as just, an escapism I, I, away from like his cold, distant father. I, and I'm like, just, and that's another Murray. There, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's his older brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm just uh, commenting on the fact that I always embrace this movie mostly just as a sort of a farcical comedy version of A Christmas Carol, and you're really diving oh. into the more <laughs> to the media socio. <laughs> Economic, that, but that's just so you. This is why we do this podcast. <laughs> but Daddy, I asked Santa for a choo-choo, and you got five pounds of veal. <laughs> yeah, kids love veal. He's four years old. She's pregnant and smoking. <laughs> yeah. And he's watching television, which is what he later does as a job, because mm-hmm. television was his escape. And so sure. television is what he then works in, and it's all related. So it's not like a, yeah, it's got depth. It's a good movie, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, like Bill Murray said, he loved the script. He came out of semi-retirement right. to do this in, movie. Right, in like Europe, to yeah. be like, I'll do this movie, yeah. Because he loved the script so much. Um, it's very well written. Yeah. And then, you know, you make an argument of if it was directed right, Bill Murray doesn't think so, but... You know. I, I mean, that... Very well may be true, but I still think it came out as a really good fucking film. Yeah, I me really too. like this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't be commenting on it. Right, <laughs> we'd be watching it again. Yeah. That's interesting. That that's who that guy is. I love his character. The Christmas past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have you ever gotten into the New York Dolls? Uh, yes. No, not like, um, no, not like as, as like a formative band or I, something I that really I... I really like them. They were, you know, they came around the time of like Iggy Pop and the Stooges and very similar, very loud, very bombastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I know them about as well as I know Iggy Pop and the Stooges, which is, I know them and I don't know them well. Well, you'd know them if you heard them probably. Yes. Right, but, like, I don't, like, it's not the same as, like, some of the bands that I, that are, like, my formative things, you know? Yeah, I, this is great, too, when he's talking about his favorite memories, and they're all scenes from... All scenes from television from shows. television shows, like... And then he ends up working in television. Like, it's all related. Yeah. Your childhood trauma and your childhood comfort are the things that make you the human being that you are when you're an adult. hmm Yeah. Okay. Point of this scene was the office party. Yeah. Um, oh God! First of all, <laughs> God. Okay, so we're in like the sixties, right? Late sixties, yeah. And there's women taking xeroxes of their asses at the Christmas party, and everyone's drinking. The point of the story drunk. is he, he's showing himself as a as a young up and coming intern type, who's you know trying to kiss ass, really working and, mm-hmm. and not doing the like. Xerox of your ass and drinking, but like actually like delivering mail and like not kissing ass. I like that. I don't know if that was Bill Murray's hair. They just teased out. I guess it is because he has long hair already. It's like a mullet though. It's kind of, it's kind of great. Yeah. Well, I was going to say like, if there were going to be a wig, why would they keep his widow's peak? <laughs> you know? Right. 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 Other than that, that's what Bill Murray looks like. No, I think that's just his hair. They teased out because, because like in present day it's long, but it's slicked back. Yeah. So. Exactly. 
Yeah. Because that was also remember remember Wall Street and uh, and Michael Douglas's hair with the same long slicked back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. movie. That was the style. I love that movie. Wasn't really a mullet. It was it was more like greasy businessman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to mm-hmm. describe it. Yeah, and then they did like a weird version of him with the, the game that was like if he grew up or something. Michael Douglas, I mean. Uh, uh, <laughs> Michael Douglas played an investment banker in like 10 movies like he played basically the same character but a little more evil in that movie with Gwyneth Paltrow where he tries to kill her and she's having an affair with Viggo Mortensen do you remember that movie? I've never seen that movie well, he, he, but then he was also like the like you know fun adventurer who wanted a boat in um, Romancing the Stone well no he's played a lot of parts but uh, but I'm just saying like the <laughs> the super rich investment banker guy he's done yeah. that like so many times I guess he just yeah. does it so well yeah he yeah. looks the part he looks the part yeah alright so here we have Claire and like she's just adorable and even back then she just loved people and wanted to help and make other people help too um, I think this is. Did they say this was in the village? It was supposed to yeah. be. Love to have been in the village yeah, of the '60s. It is. That would have been really exciting. Yep. Right. And that's why she calls him Lumpy. Yeah. Because he hit his head. She hit him in the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a nice. Velvet Underground record cover in the shot prominently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She looks really young. They really did a good job making her look super young there. Yeah. She was already in her 40s, I think. I think that's true. Yeah. I mean, we get to her being an old, rich, white lady. It's because awesome. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark was 1981. So this would have been seven years later? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she was pushing 40 at least, if not already. All the candles. That seems like a lot Aww, of Oh, she's smoking a dube. To light all those candles. <laughs> she's smoking pot, though. Yeah, and this movie got that a PG-13 used to be like rating. super bad. Yeah, no, that was something that was frowned upon. But I guess in the context, like, when the ratings people watch this in the context, like, oh, it's the 60s. Oh, it's the 60s and they're poor. Yeah. It's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the 60s and they're it, poor. It wasn't, like, gratuitous, like, like people of color using drugs right. like that scares it's just everybody. some poor white lady no but that using drugs on screen used to get you an R rating yeah yeah yeah. and now you can just like do it in public well you can't do it in public but well, you can I mean, buy it in public in Colorado this movie takes place in the late 80s in New York where there weren't people snorting coke <laughs> they're not the coke she's not the coke type no 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 but no not in the 60s but I'm saying when the movie is, is right. in the present day right Guess Who's not. not doing coke? You're right. Like, <laughs> like an ad exec. Where's all the coke? <laughs> right. They probably. Yeah. It's just implied. I'm sure he's doing lots of coke. You know, to stay up late because he's pretty like, angry. Because they're saying like, I need to stay up late and work. Like, how else is he gonna do that? They didn't have Red Bull. You know. Right. He's not like <laughs> drinking coffee. He's snorting lines for sure. Yeah. This is what they did. People Aww. still do. It's so sweet. I love her. Yeah, I like Karen Allen as an actress, too. The only thing I've, I've seen her in the last 20 years is when they brought her back for that other horrible Indiana Jones movie I didn't watch. Yeah, it's awful. Oh, the Kama Sutra, the Hindu <laughs> art of love. Yeah, I was big in, back in the day. Back in the day, right? I hate to admit it, but I think I found a copy that my parents had stashed somewhere. Oh, 
God. Well, they met I in babysat. the 70s. No, I babysat for people who had that. And the, also, like, the joy of sex. And, like, I was a snooper. Yeah, but as most, a babysitter. Like, most of that stuff, I, I would look at that. And even as a kid, I would think, like, how bored do you have to be of regular sex that you need to contort yourself into these ridiculous positions? I mean, positions? I didn't know because I was a child. And so I was like, okay, so they have all these books. So sex must be really complicated. <laughs> Because like you have all everyone everyone I babysat for had books about it and they were all different kinds of books and it was like these people had the joy of sex and they had like these weird pages dog ears and like yeah. these people had the Kama Sutra and I was like this must be very complicated. Well, the problem with those <clears throat> those books is because the illustrations, especially in the Joy of Sex, which oh was like written in the sixties, like oh my God. how do you do anything with all that body hair? <laughs> I mean, my best friend and I. <laughs> Us growing up, babysat, and we were hardcore snoopers. So just so you know, if yeah, you hire every babysitter, yes, ten to fourteen year old girls to babysit your children, they are going to seek out every hidden space in your house and find out what you're into. Oh, even I did. When Period. I That's just what's going to happen. Yeah. And we were the most concerned with the joy of sex when there's just like someone's big toe. Entering a woman's vagina, we were like, "Why would you do that? We have never kissed a boy at this point, yeah. and we're just like, but, but you put toes in there. I don't want. Do you want toes in your vagina? I don't want toes in my vagina. No, like, and, no. And real people don't. No, of course not. So in you, my entire your life, your instincts were correct. Yes, in my entire <laughs> life, no one has ever put wanted their to, big toe or, or asked to. me to. No. I have never had to turn someone down who That's asked me to thing. do this. No, because yeah. who the fuck does that? Right. Okay, so now he's a dog. Yeah. Right, and this is the big moment where he uh, mm-hmm. he ditches Claire and their friends for because he's gonna go hang out with the rich guys. Well, with the with the studio president to kiss mm-hmm. up. Like I kind of get it. <laughs> like, what do you want? Totes. Like you know, that's just. But like climbing you the ladder. can do that mm-hmm. and also love Claire and support her journey as a person who cares about people yeah, that are a, in poverty. It's a pretty simplistic one dimension fork in the road uh, plot device. Um, but uh, also she's encouraging him to go see his brother. Right? Sure. And like that's hard cuz like uh, that dude just asked me to do this, which I will never have an opportunity to do again. But also, like, you also, it's Christmas, you, and we've made plans with your brother for a month, and you're not going to go see your brother because well, you want to hang out with that rich guy. What I also love about her character here is that when he says, no, this is the last straw for her, and then she brings up, maybe we should have some time apart, and he's like, yeah, whatever. But, like, before that, you know, she was she was trying to do the best, and she was a ray of sunshine, and, mm-hmm. like, you know, and that, that, mm-hmm. that fits her character. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in the real world, or, or somebody like us, we would already be like, hey, come on, are we going to go, you know, meet our friends like we had planned? Like, we wouldn't be excited about it. We'd already be a little upset, or... Hey, you know who that woman is that just came on the screen? Who? Because we just watched it, that is the flight attendant from Die Hard that Bruce Willis makes eyes at. <gasps> I okay. Would, I would totally rewind it if I could. Those movies came out the same year, by the way. So, you know, those were the parts she got, but like... No, so Claire basically says like... Well, hold on. This is really important. That's not <laughs> as important as the plot of the film, but go ahead. It is to me. 
But did you see it? Did you? See I saw her. I didn't recognize her as such. But. I recognize her. I'm great with faces. Horrible with names. And I'm telling you, that that little smirk. It's the same one that she did at John McClane at the beginning of Die Hard on the plane. Oh, it's such a sad scene. I was gonna say if we weren't, you know, doing the commentary thing, I would rewind it and show you. But I don't think we're gonna see her again. I think that's it for that character. No, yeah, that's she's a walk on. Yeah, she's very pretty. Whoever she is, hope she got a lot of work in the eighties and nineties. I don't think she did, but it's fine. I hope she did too. Yeah, like he just decided that like his family and her needs were less important than his own ambition, mm-hmm. and that is the character arc of his entire character. Like that is his character, and that's that that really holds close to a Christmas Carol. That's basically the same thing. And I don't remember exactly what it was in A Christmas Carol. I think it was they were going to move somewhere or have kids, and he said, I can't because of the business. I, I don't remember, but it was, yeah. you know, something like that. And they drop him, met to be meta, they drop him right in that mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Greed engrosses you. Yeah. Farewell, Ebenezer. And uh, the great Dick Van Patten is playing Scrooge. Is that Dick? No, it's not Dick Van Patten. Um, that's, um, God damn it. Who is that? Oh, um, no, no. It's uh, uh, another comedian guy from that time. Like Buddy something. Buddy Hackett. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Buddy Hackett, who was very famous for having a very raunchy stand-up comedy routine. Right. Yes. And in Bill Murray's <laughs> version of... A Christmas Carol to be played live on television. There are like scantily clad women that do a dance. <laughs> yeah, well, I was <laughs> when you were peeing. I was talking about how it's supposed to be a crazy thing that he's he's has the audacity to do a big live performance on yeah, the like TV. that's like yeah, and now like eh, everybody's doing it, and it sort of goes off where it doesn't, but ugh. yeah, yeah. Well, I was th- like yeah, what, totally. What was one of the latest ones that? Because I never watched them, but I don't either. But like, I mean, all of the awards shows, right? Yeah. Then there's like the Dancing with the Stars. No, no, all I don't, those I, are live. I don't, all of them. I don't mean that. I mean like they, when they full on did Jesus Christ Superstar, and they full on did like oh, the Sound yeah. of Music, I don't, and I don't they know about that. they full on did like. Apparently, they've been pretty good, and it, like I was just saying, it's really hard to pull off live TV, like. So many things could go wrong, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think we've also sort of, because of reality TV, become accustomed to, like, things go wrong, but that's fun to watch. So it's just, like, a little less pressure now than yeah. maybe this would have been. Well, but... yeah, I mean, I was just talking about, you know, like, this predicted a couple things already. Uh, programming for pets. And yeah, live TV. giant TV performances. Aww. Oh, Lordy, we've got another Wild and Willy one. What this film gets right is that most homeless shelters and social services and nonprofits are filled with black women Yeah. as the employees because... So I like these three actors here. Yeah. Uh, the one on the left, I forget his name, Michael something. He was actually nominated for an Academy Award. Um, and I forget he was in a bunch of stuff. And then she was in Throw Mama from the Train. Remember, remember that? Yeah, with, with Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito and Billy Crystal. Yes. And she was also the uh, matriarch from the Goonies. You're right. Yeah. 
Told you I'm great with faces. And then the guy on the left is from something. Yeah, no, he's been in a... He was from Blade yeah. Runner. He's yeah. from a bunch of things. And he was... Yeah. In the 60s, he was nominated for an Oscar. For I don't love this sort of version of, of Unhomed Folks that is like this sort of... Um, stereotype of like dirty the and mental, with a hat Ill. mentally ill and like unable yeah to but understand like in, in a movie and... like this you have to spoon feed the audience right yeah i know i know and he's do- him doing the richard burton impression is something from saturday night live that he would do apparently Yeah, there's no equivalent to this. In the original. Well, <laughs> in, in A Christmas Carol, the, the ghosts are just kind of one right after the other. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have time to do a lot of stuff in between. Why does she still want him? Yeah. Why? Because she, cause her character is perfect. Because her character doesn't have an actual personality. She is just a place and, for him to have part of his arc. No, I mean, her, her character is just so forgiving and everybody gets a second chance and everybody's redeemable, you know. And then, you know, he's not quite there yet. He's he's still selfish and a bastard and, and she's still not giving up on him, which is kind of the dynamic of a lot of uh, hetero-male-female relationships, it seems like, right? They can handle this. Just buy some fuses. What about the turkeys? And she's like, no, I have to go deal with this. And he's like... I have emotional needs that I've just decided I have, and so she can't do her actual job. And I'm the priority. Because I need to be the priority in this situation. Right. Instead of the hundred people that are here that aren't going to have a safe place to sleep and food to eat. Well, that's kind of the brilliance of the script, right? Is that this is probably just written so he can be a dick. But like, if you this think about it a little more, it's spot on. Exactly <laughs> yeah. how that shit works. Yeah, it's spot on. Yes. When you have a narcissist, I'll make one phone call. Just sit here, and he's like, "No, if you can't, if I, I literally cannot sit here for one minute while you do something important if it's not about me." Yes. And now take he's, the rest of your life. I'll give you some advice. Scrape them off. You want to save somebody? Save yourself. Like, perfect. Yeah, like you've known plenty of dudes like that. Yes. If I am not the center of attention in every moment, then you are not important. If I don't feel like the highest priority in every moment, Mm -hmm. then I just lose my shit. Mm -hmm. And act out and all kinds of things. Right. And then the guy in the blue dies later. Spoilers. The Solid Gold dancers did not exist long after this. They were part of the show Solid Gold. It was like a. I guess I never knew show. that that was a thing. Outside yeah, it's of this an movie. it's an eighties thing. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. <coughs> I sort of look at them like the Rockettes or something. But this movie really is brilliant because then they just go. It's like so meta, right? Because then mm-hmm. they just go back into Dickens's Christmas Carol and like, it's really good. <laughs> It's really good. Also, are you sure that guy wasn't in Die Hard, the L.A. guy? No, he might have been in one of the sequels. He was in Gremlins 2, and he was in a bunch of other stuff in the 80s and 90s. Um, He's just always that douchebag, right? Yeah. Like, 
maybe that's why no I he would he would have been great as the Hart Bachner character in uh, in Die Hard. Um, Hart Bachner, the guy with coke in his face, yeah, who gets killed, yeah. What was his name in the movie? Ellis. Um, Ellis. Yeah, he would have yeah, been a yeah, great. Yeah. He would have been a great, great Ellis. Ellis. That's probably what you're thinking. Yeah, but I think no. that's right. Hart Bachner did fine. <laughs> no, he was great. Yeah. Yeah. But he could have. This guy could have. This is off. like what his character actor. He may have been. He may have been a finalist for that one. Right. <laughs> as far as we know. Like, he would have been. He. That is who he is as a character actor. Yeah. Is is the Ellis. slimy L.A. Well, yeah. in Gremlins Two, he plays more of like a weird Donald Trump type. With more personality. I don't remember Gremlins 2 very it, well because it's I think really it wasn't weird. very good. No, it, it was good. It was just bizarre. It, it all takes place in a big Oh, look, it says rise. Scrooge Marley. Yeah, it's like I told you. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying it's there, there's a throwback. Yes. I don't know what's happening. This, this is your favorite characters coming out. Carol King. Oh. Did I tell you the story of the weird ass movie with Carol Kane I half watched from work the other day? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we're all watching her prance around, as wonderful as she is, um, there was a movie, I forget what it was called, but it was about like m- someone's murdering cheerleaders or they're murdering somebody, and Carol Kane is playing a cheerleader, and Pee Wee Herman oh, yeah, is playing it, a yeah. cop. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is the part where people were like, who was telling me, my mom or MJ, I can't remember, was saying like, this made me really uncomfortable how much she beats up Bill Murray. It made <laughs> Apparently like, it made her really uncomfortable. Yeah, no, maybe that's what it was. She was like, I don't like to beat him up. Carol Kane did, I love him. Didn't, didn't like beating him up. But um, she also, when she grabs his lip and twists it around, apparently it really fucked his lip really up. really hurt him, right? <laughs> yeah. I read that. And she felt really bad about it. Yeah, right here. Like, it actually like really hurt his lip. And didn't get better for a while. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's method acting. She seems very sweet, though. Yes, she seems wonderful, and she's so funny. I know this is. She's great. Yeah. In this movie, she's. I think for me, the most memorable part. She's great of in the everything. Film. She was in some Mel Brooks uh, stuff, and she's just wonderful. And she's a stand-up comedian, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's like she's where working she got comedy her start. forever. Yeah. Uh, I would. I, I want to find that crazy B movie where she's a cheerleader. Like it was just. I, I couldn't hear the words and there was no closed caption, so I was just seeing the video of it. But it just looked completely bizarre. And Pee Wee Herman is literally a detective. I mean, not playing the Pee Wee Herman role, but the actor. Right. <laughs> very young Paul Rubens is playing a police detective, and Carol Kane is playing a cheerleader. I mean, that's already. You can't go I wrong. Mean, I mean, yeah. Sometimes the truth is painful, but it made your cheeks rosy and your eyes as bright as stars. Oh. <laughs> I love her. I remember thinking when I was a kid, like seeing their place, I'm like, it doesn't seem that bad. Yeah, like like the juxtaposition between his world and hers, I get it, but yeah, I was like, if I had to live in this... It's a pretty big apartment for a person who has a lot of kids and lives in New York City. And I know, like, but my perspective was always like, I, I'd, be, I'd be fine in this space. Yeah. It's all, it's more than I need. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, I I grew up in similar surroundings, and all my friends were really, really rich because I went to a rich private school that my dad taught at. Right. Yeah. I remember. Um, I think the reason I love Carol Kane so much is because I watched her just like beat the shit out of this like rich white dude, right? <laughs> And like teach well, him a yeah. lesson, and she just was like laughing about it the whole time. Like it, it's not a traumatic scene that she's beating him up, right? Well, I remember being. It's in a the, joyous scene that she's beating him up. Being and, in the theater with my dad, my dad just found her this her whole sequence here just hilarious, and her character just hilarious. Yeah, my mom was delighted by it. I mean, just delighted by it. And I remember just thinking, like, she's just so like. I don't know. I think it's for my dad. He just likes that slapstick physical comedy. Like he likes yeah. the Three Stooges. And yeah, 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 yeah. I don't like any of that. But like, I, I just liked that. Like, she can I just... talk about that poster right there? Yeah. What was it? I missed it. Free South Africa. Uh... This was in the era. See, there it is. Mm-hmm. The era of apartheid. Yes. And apartheid was the official government policy of segregation, basically. Well, South it was Africa. worse than segregation. No, it right? was it was much worse, but it was yeah. based on that. Yeah. And uh, well, I mean, segregation is what it is. If you're going to segregate uh, a race, then the the race with more the the more people and more money is more going political to, power. Yeah. yeah, is going mm-hmm. to subjugate and. But it also like the the others created like legalities that were really problematic, and like you couldn't marry, um, or like. Yeah, that is probably like the, a lot of things. Like that was, is one of the darkest stains on Ronald Reagan's legacy. Yeah. Of course, AIDS is the other one, yeah. and um, you know he basic. Well, well, even other Republicans and conservatives are saying you can you you have to stand up to the government of South Africa. He said right. no, we we need them in the. Apartheid is not a thing that we can stand up that we can tolerate yeah it went all the way through the early 90s mm-hmm. when nelson mandela was finally released yep. from prison yeah yep. no pets always know when there's weird ghosts. renee russo wearing a terrible 80s outfit it's just terrible is that true <laughs> what that that's renee russo or that her outfit is terrible her outfit is terrible and is that renee russo yeah i'm gonna have to look i'm pretty sure it's renee russo I don't think so. We're going to find out. Okay, so now they're at Brother's house, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they had the, uh, the um, what is it, the... the uh, Towel or the VCR? No, I'm just talking about the style of their, their apartment. Is the, that is not Renee Russo. Isn't it? No. Okay. Definitely not. That's I think a, it is. That's an unknown actress that no one's ever heard of. No, uh, no, I don't know about that. No anyway, they they have the uh, like the rundown chic, right? Look, like of the apartment. we're up and coming yuppies. Uh-huh. So we have turtlenecks and like an actual apartment and champagne glasses. But we have but like, we're, like drywall missing. Still and not like entirely there. rich, but like we're definitely on our way. But, like, my brother's way richer than me, but he didn't want to, like, slum it. So. Well, that's a half-million-dollar apartment now. So. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Renee Russo. No. Well, we'll see in the credits. It's definitely not. Okay. She was in Lethal Weapon, like, a couple years later, and that is definitely not her. Well, no, now it makes me think it's definitely her. It's because definitely not. 
Richard Donner was one of those directors who liked to work Look with the same people. Look at her face. She's young. Look at her face. It's not her. I think it is. I think it's a very young and up-and-coming Rene Russo. It's definitely not. I'm going to look it up right now. All right, go ahead. Because it's definitely not. I bet her. you it is. It's definitely not. Just look up Ray Rene Russo Scrooged. Let's, yes, thank you. I know how to Google. <laughs> Just try to help you get there faster. Because what was I going to Google otherwise? Did you ever see the one, uh, I guess that's Dana Murray, um, his younger brother, his one and only like comedy vehicle where he starred in? Big budget comedy vehicle. Yeah. Called. So Rene Russo's Wikipedia exists and missing crossed out is Scrooged. Well, it's just because it's crossed out from her Wikipedia doesn't mean that. Baby. Alright. This is what she looks like. It's not her. I think it's it definitely not her. No, it's not. Anyway, go ahead. What were <clears throat> you gonna say? Did you ever see a movie? Hey, I'm sure you haven't, because it was kind of obscure even though it was one of those movies that HBO would show like for months on end it was called Moving Violations no it was like sort of a police academy knockoff well it started it starred Bill Murray's younger brother oh and uh, he was pretty good but it yeah, didn't his career didn't take off he was just sort of a Bill Murray light yeah and, uh, guess well all three of his brothers and his dad right are in this film uh yeah not his dad oh just just his brothers. three brothers okay Oh, and then here's the dead guy <clears throat> in the blanket. Yeah, I don't know why he would have suddenly froze to death. It just, but who knows how long he was down there. I'm still not giving up on this Rene Russo Because thing. homeless folks sometimes don't choose services because services sometimes provide them with untenable things that they aren't willing to do and that don't provide them with autonomy. And so... They go outside of those shelter programs and then they freeze to death. Yeah. And or are arrested because they're not allowed to stay on the street. And this motherfucker could pay for every homeless person in five city blocks to have a place to stay. Mm-hmm. And instead, he yelled at Claire and then left. And Herman's dead. Yeah, I remember this being a pretty intense part of the movie. It's the part that I remember the very most. And he yells at him, why did you leave? Why couldn't you just stay with Claire? And the reason for that is really complicated and more important Mm -hmm. than this petty tantrum. What was the What was the name of the the character now? Because I'm. Maybe Rene Russo was not in Scrooged. Mm, no, she wasn't. Did you look at her face recently? And here they just keep beating up on this not pretty white woman. 
Okay. Yeah, I did that recurring joke didn't I didn't really find funny. Never have. It's just the the sensor getting beat up. Yeah. Or like the sort of little people being used as like props, I really didn't appreciate either. They do it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like look at him right now. Using this person as like a human shield. It's gross. Well, it's fitting for his character. So the pacing of this movie, I mean, it's move, we're moving right along here. It's yeah. Just, it never really slows down. No. And it never gets boring. No. And, you know. I think that that's intentional, right? Like, they don't want him to have a break. Mm-hmm. Because having a break means, like, because here we are, right? Yes. Like, having a break means that he gets an opportunity to be like, oh, this isn't really a thing or whatever. But, um, Yeah. Making it sort of the breakneck pace that it is gives us the experience of being him. Isn't that the point? Yeah, I would say so. And then we bring back Bobcat Goldthwait in a minute. Yes, we do. And he steals the show. Yeah, he does. He always does. What's that movie that he made that was really, it really was good. I really liked it a lot. Um, it was right after Trump got elected and just about like some angry man watching Fox News and just like this is all fucking bullshit. Oh look, it's uh, what's her name? The gymnast, Mary Lou Retton. Mary Lou Retton. Yes, playing Tiny Tim. Yes, who is not nearly as good a gymnast as Simone Biles, but that's fine. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but no one is. <laughs> yeah, she was you know top of her class at the time. Yeah, yeah. She was built very similar similarly to Simone Biles. Yeah. Absolutely. Short and muscular. Short and stocky. Yeah. Muscular and powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The blood moon. Love that. Yeah, me too. It's another... Free Africa again. Yeah, I mean, they were making a point. They don't talk about it, but like... Well, you didn't have to, because back in the day, you knew exactly what that meant, what was going on. Yeah, and it's pretty crazy that the world just kind of, I mean, like, people were pissed off about it, but, like, the UN and, like, it's not like a bunch of people intervened to stop it. Yeah. I mean, eventually, I guess they did, but it it took a lot of, well, it took a lot of activism, Mm -hmm. right? And stuff like that. And, like, people being like, this is very upsetting Mm -hmm. um, to make anybody sort of do anything about it, so... Yeah, there's a lot of great movies about the apartheid era. They're just so horribly depressing that it, it would it would make you a wreck for like weeks. It has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mostly what I do with my life is watch depressing things, but yeah, I agree with you. Uh, a young Denzel Washington plays Stephen Biko in Cry Freedom, and it's just oof. Impossible. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, it would. Oh, it would wreck you, baby. <laughs> yeah, it just would. I saw it in high school, and it, it affected me very deeply. Yeah, well, I should watch it. You should. Yeah, because by the time I was of age to really think about things, apartheid was over. Yeah. Right. So I the didn't apartheid really. Apartheid was over. The Cold War was over. Yep. 
very different world for you. Yep. There's the 9-11 world. It was the Columbine 9-11 world. Completely That's what I came of age. I love that the uh, Ghost of Christmas future here gets interrupted by uh, by Bobcat Goldwing. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) He's like, oh. It's perfect. All right. It's perfect. And he's drinking tab soda with vodka. What kind of a monster are you? So you know tab soda? Of course I know tab soda. Uh, okay. See, I thought that was long gone. I grew up in you... restaurants and bars. Oh, okay. So, like, because my dad was a, right, the regional manager of a restaurant and bar. So uh-huh. I grew up in a bar, basically. Well, didn't, didn't tab go away by about <clears throat> 1990? Wasn't it gone by then? I think it was in the mid-90s. And then... It went that long? Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember my parents drinking a lot of it, and I thought it tasted horrible. It was horrible. It was just like pure aspartame. <clears throat> totally. And yeah. then I, I don't like anything with aspartame in it. And then there was the, um, God, what was the other soda that was like the Coke, Pepsi, and then there was like another brown soda that was... Uh, talking about RC Cola? <laughs> RC Cola. <laughs> that really? That's what that you're talking about? That is what my dad's That's bar served. Well, I mean, it was... Instead of Coke or Pepsi, it was, like it was half the RC price. Cola. Yeah. And so... It tasted the same to That's me. what... Me too. Like, But Pepsi and Coke didn't. But RC Cola is a really specific taste that I remember, and like that is what my dad's bar served. Yeah, So when cheap. you ordered, like, you know, rum, rum and, and Coke, Coke... you got rum and rum RC. Rum and RC. So I drank RC Cola when I was a kid. I I liked it. Me too. Back when I drank soda as a kid, it, it was, was like, like tasted fine. The same sort of like logo as Crown Royal. Yeah. But like, you know, just an off brand of Coke Pepsi. Sure. Yeah. Sure. There was other stuff too. Um, there was Jolt Cola it's funny for a that, while. Well, that was like extra caffeinated, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. was gross. Yeah. No, RC Cola is what like was Coke. If you ordered Coke, but you got RC Cola. It's yeah, probably restaurant. the same for most bars and restaurants. Back then, yeah. Because it was that true. cheap, you know? Yep. Sold it in bulk. I think it was fine. Like, I didn't hate it at all. Yeah. I you know, you're not supposed to mix Diet Pepsi. Not Diet Coke, but you're not supposed to mix Diet Pepsi with vodka, I want to say. Why? There's some chemical in it that doesn't play well, and it can make you really sick. I don't know why you would ever mix a brown cola with a clear liquor like that makes no sense to me yeah, people do that's doesn't that's wrong <laughs> again it's wrong more great special effects without the use of cgi so good right wonderful so good under the robe of the ghost of christmas future right yeah yeah here's where we get to see the garbage version of claire <laughs> yeah with her face painted white look i mean I know they, they went over the time. Yeah, Listen I, to me though. Like yeah. this matters to me because of the number of people in my life that want me to just, why do you have to make everything about this? Why do you have to make everything about that? Why can't you just be not angry? Why can't you just not make it about this? Why can't you just be quiet? Why can't you just, cause I don't want to become this fucking white woman, you know? Yes. That, that is a, that is a hyper stylized version of that. But I get it. It's, it's it's effective. It's also silly. Like why why would this kid be in a padded room? I'm not talking he about talk? this kid. I'm talking about. I know, but the whole thing in general, this whole sequence. Yeah. And well, 
And it's effective. It, yeah, it's effective. And then you're going to see Claire made up like a kabuki theater actress. Well, no, she just has like a, a fucking rich lady hat and she's having no, tea. No, they, they and paint like... her face white. Look, they've painted her face white like a clown. Just to just to like accentuate it even more, or or it's maybe it's a it's a it's even more like a racial societal message, you know? Like mm-hmm. she's really white mm-hmm. now. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. I mean, is that what you prefer? Yeah. I was so what like, Nathaniel and I were talking about today is like, you know, I'm just never going to be a person that like doesn't care as much as I do. I love that they go completely over the top, actually. Yes. With the big hat and the diamond A friend of mine earrings. said to me, scrape them off, Claire. You want to save somebody, save yourself. I don't know. This always bothered me. I thought it was too over the top. But it works. I get what they're trying to do. I, yeah, no, it works. So this next scene here where he sees his... Uh, his coffin about to be cremated. Mm-hmm. I, I always pictured this as like if if Trump was going to have a, a similar uh, thing, it would be Ivanka, uh, not Ivanka. It would be Melania standing there impatiently looking at her watch, being like, "Can we? Are get we th- doing this now? <laughs> or like, <laughs> can we are we done with this with yet? Please? Can you just put him in the fucking fire already? <laughs> can we be done with this finally? I don't even like. I can just take a picture of me standing here and then do it whenever you want. But I'm done. Okay, you're right. It's not Rene Russo. It looks no. vaguely like her. I don't no. want to know. She's been in other stuff. He's the actress's name. No, this actress. Oh. His brother's wife. I don't know why she'd be crying, though. <laughs> she wouldn't give a shit. I feel like this guy was a bastard. Yeah, she's crying because her brother's very upset. Her husband is very upset. Right. Yeah, this movie just cruises right along. Like it it's feels a really good movie. Feels like we just started it and it's basically done. Yes. Really well paced. You know, really just yeah. moves right along. It just doesn't fuck around. No. It just goes and goes and goes and goes and and again, I think I guess with a comedy it, it it should be that way, but you know, I some, was saying, some like, comedy's bogged down. The point is that you're supposed to feel as sort of harried as he does. Yeah. And you do. Yeah. It works. Yeah. This movie works on a lot of levels. It I really say. does. It yeah. It really does. And it sucks they're going to remake it, but I won't see that version. No. God. No. I mean, this is pretty intense. They didn't show him yeah. burning. Literally burning. Right. Him, like, experiencing himself being cremated. Yeah. yeah it's dark and, and intense. Yes. So, this movie only got a PG-13 rating. <laughs> Because the 80s. <laughs> Can you imagine? Okay. Well, oh it's, it's, it's weird today, too. Yeah. It's, it's so arbitrary. Like, you can't say fuck more than a few times, but there's plenty of PG-13 movies with blood and guts, so I don't know. You know. But gay people kissing is R. Is that still a thing? Yes. And, you know, the ra- I, the rating system's such bullshit anyway. It's, there, there was a really good uh, documentary about it, about how it's just total bullshit. You know. Yeah. No, it's absolutely fucking nonsense garbage. And back in the day, you know, they would give just really sort of int- intense movies X ratings just because, mm-hmm. like, oh, that was too much. Well, it just depended on what kind of too much it was. 
Yeah, Always not, sex stuff, never well, violence. Like no, Braveheart was violence. wasn't rated X or NR. No, I'm, but I'm talking about back in the day, like the 60s. No, no. Once you got into the 70s, it was mid to late 70s. Then, then they got over that stuff. But like, you know, I think they wanted to give The Exorcist an X rating and they had to cut some stuff out. I think they did give it a non, like a, a past R rating. No, that because that didn't exist back then. Okay. Yeah, the NC seventeen. There was some kind of thing with the rating of the Exorcist. I think that no, no, be right the, that they like had to cut something out yeah, or something they, they that for to, like theater. Showings. They had to cut some stuff out. They were going to give it an X, and that means that no one could see it basically. So, yeah. All right. So now we have the scene where he's like, "I'm not dead." This is great. I want to. I want to like, think that Bill Murray improvised the a lot of this. the schmuck. Um, yeah, Jews have a great word, schmuck. <laughs> I thought I think putz would be better. Putz would, but schmuck works. <laughs> schmuck is yeah. as as an actual Jew, you know. Right. Interrupts the whole thing here, and yeah. it, apparently, when Bill Murray gets rolling here, it's all ad lib. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like they probably had a, a speech prepared in the script, and he was just like, "I got this. It's mm-hmm. fine. This is what I would say if I could." So that's what I'm gonna say. Because <laughs> they're rich people, so they have cats. No, no, it's the wife is eccentric, so she has a lot of cats, and he wants to prove his proof of concept with the programming for cats. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, they, oh, yeah, yeah. They that had lady. the whole scene. She's the, um, yeah, the reporter from Die Hard. Which lady? She just walked up. The mm-hmm. blonde lady. She's the one who goes to the house and tries to interview her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah tries to interview yeah. the kids, and then she gets, like, punched. Yeah, yeah, this is this mm-hmm. this came out the same year. Um, same time, right? Did No, wait a minute. Die Hard came out in the summer, even though it was a Christmas movie. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I guess they shot Die Hard first, and then... Right, and you, you know. can fucking fight me on whether that's a Christmas movie. <laughs> I, think, I think that debate's been put to rest, hasn't it? It hasn't. We had an entire, we were doing an all-staff meeting, and we had a vote on whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and I was literally yelling at people. I was like, stop it. Well, well, who, what were the results? I mean, obviously it was... About, like, 60% of people think it is, and the other 40% are like, it's just a fucking action movie that has nothing to do with Christmas, and I was like, it's Wrong. literally set at... like." Make an argument why it's not other than that it's an action movie. Right. It was garbage and I've gotten a lot of fights I to be fair I was the most fervent believer that it's a Christmas movie but I have people on my side uh now I need to know that actress's name and what else she was in because I recognize her from a lot of stuff but okay I'll grant you it's I don't think it's Rene Russo it's not I was pretty sure definitely not Oh, poor Bill Murray's brother. 
He was good. He should have got more work. I don't know. Maybe he just got into other stuff. <laughs> and they have a little gay panic humor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, ha, ha, it's gay panic. Mm. Yeah. And he has to kick a cat. And then kick a cat, because <laughs> a gay man might like you. Gross. And then Bill Murray just riffs. Just lets it all hang out and does his thing. And, um... Yeah. Um, send the stuff you send to me, not the stuff I send other people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... I, I feel like you have made these lists for lawyers. Like, of yeah, no, who yes. gets what. Correct. And, and they have said stuff like that. Accurate. <laughs> Correct. I won't get into specifics, but that is true. <laughs> there are levels of things that you get. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Based on what you can do for them. What you have done and what your potential is to yeah. do for me. Not me, by the way. Just the lawyers I worked for. And not the current lawyers I work for, but... Fair. Well, it's, it's a different thing. Uh, there's rumors this was ad-libbed. I seriously doubt it. It's, it's blocked and framed way too, way too perfectly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. With that guy standing in the background and all yeah. of that, yeah. Also, I really hate this character. This... this now she's really auditor hor- woman who then, like gets hurt a bunch reason. of times and then like she like sexually assaults some man who's been tied up which makes <laughs> no sense and is not in character for her at all she's supposed to be like a rule follower I don't I no don't they just go to goofy over the top comedy yeah they throw in some of that Claire, don't you dare go back to him. He's a fucking piece of shit, abusive. No, now he's seen Emotionally the horrifying, abusive piece of shit. You go find a better man. No, than no. Him. What, what are you saying? Now he's, he's seen the light no, and reformed himself. No, fuck him. Good. He, he can go find somebody secure. else. No. You've already caused her serious physical and psychological damage, motherfucker. Okay, so I didn't know. Even though you loved this movie, you didn't you didn't like the way it resolved. I guess not. <laughs> well, it's pretty sweet when they get the kid to talk, right? Totes. He gets the kid to talk. Also, like that's not how any of this works, but okay. <laughs> well, it isn't a fantasy <laughs> Christmas Carol retelling. I don't think Claire should get back together with Frank. No, yeah. I don't think she should. Well, I think she spoiler, should. Spoiler: She does. Have moved on and and been very clear with her boundaries with him because he. Well, you, do you want to see the sequel when they get divorced in five years, and they go to court? Over and he's just been kid? horribly emotionally abusive <laughs> to her for the entire five years. Man, you are a buzzkill. Jesus Christ! I thought you liked this movie. I do. <laughs> I love this movie. weirdo. Why do you say I'm a buzzkill? That's not nice. Because we're here, we're here at the touching climax of, of the movie, and, and and they got it wrong. It was the eighties. <laughs> that's that's still how these movies end, by the way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, and I have problems with those too. 
not because it's old. Yeah. So you think it would have been more uplifting and hit the mark better if Claire comes in and goes, you know what? I just, I, I just don't think you're right for me. But good luck. I'm I think Claire you. should have been like, I'm glad you're finding your way. Um, I've been done with you for a long time. Yeah. And I'm choosing to not go back into an emotionally abusive relationship. <laughs> but I hope that you do really well on your journey. Yeah, I don't, Goodbye. I don't know how that would have played with test audiences. I'm guessing not so good. Maybe in the director's cut. Maybe that's what Bill Murray that's was Bill pissed Murray, about. Like, it's so unrealistic. <laughs> She'd never get back together with well, me. Well, it's just so unhealthy Yeah. for her to get back together with this crazy motherfucker. And now he's having hallucinations, so, like, not a good idea. <laughs> like, what? The ghosts were real? Yeah, but she doesn't know that. I don't know. When I was younger, I found this whole sequence very touching. Me too. Me too. Sorry to ruin it. <laughs> it is touching. It's just also like... That is know. a cute kid too. Oh my God, he's goddamn gorgeous. Oh. This part always makes me cry. See? Let's make it about the white people. <laughs> a literal miracle just happened, but you should get back together with your fucking abusive ex. That's the most important part of this. Oh god! Sorry, buzz kill. Fine. Till the very till the bitter end, <laughs> she will kill your buzz. That's not nice. And now putting her on international TV against her will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm getting into the spirit. I'm getting into the Rachel <laughs> Christmas spirit. <laughs> Of horrible injustice. Should we watch Love Actually and really digest that shit? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, do play-by-play of Love Actually. Oh, my God. You'd lose your mind. It's the worst. Well, with our couple minutes left, let's talk about bad Christmas movies. Love Actually, right? Oh, my God, it's the worst. Um, I mean, I love it, and I will watch it, but, like, I also hate it. Christmas with the Cranks? another bad one um is that the one with tim allen and and uh-huh. and, and the Jamie yogurt Curtis. lady yeah yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> yeah yeah that one like i sort of love christmas movies even if they're bad so i love this movie well tell us what's wrong with miracle on 34th street i have not seen it what no okay how about it's a wonderful life oh god it's just like I mean, it's the rich banker, rich greedy banker gets his comeuppance. I mean, it's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, I just don't like it. <laughs> you know? Okay. Um, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I just remember the last time I watched it just being like, is it over yet? Um, <laughs> Are we talking about this movie or? <laughs> no, oh, it's a wonderful it's life. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> Uh, love actually just has like so many problems that like just read the Lindy West article about ruining love actually for you. It's really good. Um, uh, no, I don't like the movie to begin with. So I really, I really do. I really loved that movie and I like watched it a lot. And uh, then you rewatch it later and you're like, nope, this is terrible. This is really bad. It's too bad we couldn't hear the great Danny Elfman score. Yes. Well, I mean, we've heard it plenty of times. Yes. But- this is all Bill Murray right now. Yeah, just yeah, like yeah, obviously. Just 
just talking shit. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like Home Alone. <laughs> I don't know. We're talking about movies we didn't like. Yeah, but I, I like fun. it. It's, it's not, also it, crazy. It's completely ridiculous, but it's also like a fun movie. As a Christmas movie, I really like The Ref, um, mm-hmm. which you know. How about Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger? I don't think I ever saw. Really? That. No. It's it's it's. What is bad. it even about? Um. It's it's just bad. I'll just leave it at okay. that. Just, All right. I don't think bad. I ever saw it. Like I'm not an Arnold fan, so other than Terminator, like I don't watch yeah. his movies. Okay. Okay. What are your least favorite? I like Gremlins. Yeah, yeah. Gremlins is great. Die Hard. Obviously. Yeah. What are your favorites? Uh, I, I mean the ones we've been talking about, the ones we watched: Gremlins, Die Hard, Scrooged, what and your, and the 1951 Christmas Carol. With Alistair. So. Oh, yeah, I still haven't seen that. But what are your least favorite? Um, Why do know. you like It's a Wonderful Life? Uh, do not, you like it? Uh, it's okay. <laughs> right? It's like, I don't hate it. It's just like not that good. It's sort of like just one of those staples. Are you one of those um, Griswold people Christmas, the Christmas that vacation. thing that that has its moments that has some really funny moments it also has some really dumb things yeah like they spend like 20 minutes on the burnt turkey like for no reason yeah um, it's not my thing but, but that's another one that Bill Murray's brother is in that one he plays the evil boss guy that that cousin Eddie ties up and and brings brings to the house I trust you to on give that. Clark the Christmas bonus so he can build the pool <laughs> I mean I've seen that movie maybe like <laughs> twice in my life and it was 20 years yeah, ago yeah yeah that's the that's the older Murray brother I just brother. didn't uh... so he got more work the younger Murray brother not yeah. so much okay well that's gonna wrap it All up right. for us this was our uh, this was our uh, movie commentary of Scrooge I'm Travis and this is Captain Buzzkill Rachel <laughs> don't be so mean to me <laughs> am I wrong uh wrong is is it's not a right or wrong thing all right it's just it's the dichotomy is interesting because you're like literally crying from the emotion of how sweet the ending is and then pointing out how terrible all the things are things can be more than one thing that's fair you know what you're absolutely right i agree with that yeah but, you know, it's what I love about you as well. You <laughs> okay. can find the darkness within the light. I'm so, sorry if I ruined Scrooge. So, you know. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I love that movie, even though she shouldn't have stayed with him in the end. But okay. anyway, okay. I love I love that movie. All right. I love um, all of you. Merry Christmas. Merry Happy Christmas. New Happy New Year. Happy, Happy holidays. Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Festivus. Uh, Boxing Day, if you're into that. All the things. All the things. Uh, piss your dad off. Tell tell him happy, ho- call him and tell him happy holidays. And yeah. uh, we'll be back with more politics and craziness. And maybe we'll do another one of these sometime. Yeah. Before Christmas. Yeah. Probably not, though. <laughs> okay. If we're good running out of Christmas movies. <laughs> we're going to see Star Wars, though, so. Oh, yeah. Well, you might do one of those. No, we'll, we'll give it a brief review on our every testimony. Perfect. Yeah, that's it. We're not going to do a walkthrough of the new Star Wars, which is probably awful. <laughs> I'm not hearing I'll good things. I'll try not to be mean. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, you guys. Be good. Be safe. Love you all. <laughs>